Welcome to the Focus on Why podcast. I'm Amy Rowlandson and I ask my guests one simple question, why? Focusing on the importance of why, I share with you the relatable, uplifting and inspiring conversations I have with people from all walks of life. This podcast will encourage you to focus on your why to enable and empower you to achieve the success you desire. Have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why. Before we start, I would like to draw your attention to what I can offer you as a master coach. I can help you to focus on your why with clarity, uniting your passion with your purpose with a plan to create the life you truly desire. Book a free 20 minute coaching call right now via calendly.com forward slash Amy Rowlandson forward slash call and we can take it from there. Today on Focus on Why, I am joined by Andy Bounds. Hello, Andy. How are you doing? I'm very good. Thanks, Amy. And how are you? Really well, thank you. Really excited because I never thought that this moment would come when I first read your books. Oh, going back quite a few years now. Don't want to date either of us, but let's let's say it's been a long time in the making when I first heard about you and I subscribed to your weekly Tuesday tips. And now I feel that I've I don't know, come of age in some respects, because I'm like, yes, I can get Andy on a podcast that I'm bringing out. So welcome. Really exciting. No, it's great to be here. Thank you. Yeah, brilliant. So tell us a bit about yourself and what you're doing at the moment. Okay, so um, so inside work, uh, it is my job to help companies and people to communicate better and to sell more. So that's my job. So consultancy, training, conference speaking, whatever you want to call it. Um, and outside work, uh, I am very blessed to have a wife and four children and therefore no hobbies because they keep me busy. And that's pretty much my life. Work, kids, done. I love that. So so no hobbies at all. Literally, it's just ferrying kids around. <laughs> um, well, I mean, there's probably more hobbies than none, but they largely seem to centre around the children. So we quite like going to the cinema to see films the children want. And then we quite like going for walks where the children like so, um, yeah, so I've totally subsumed my life within them outside work. So I quite like work because, you know, if you speak on a stage, at least you get a word in edgeways, which doesn't always happen at home. <laughs> so what sort of age are the kids at the moment? Uh, child one is 24 and um, child four is nine. So, yeah, we don't give them names anymore, Amy. We just give them numbers. Um, so, yeah, from between 24 and nine. So it's always a quite a nice challenge to try and find something that all four of them will like at the same time. I love that. And and you're right not to give them names. I read a book in terms of they were called cost centres. So each child was cost centre one, cost centre two, cost centre three. Yeah, like that. Not profit centres at all. No. Just cash draining, life ruining centres. No, I'm joking. They're very lovely. And if they're listening to this, I love you all equally. Fabulous. So tell me a bit about what communicate better and sell more means. Uh, well, I mean, it's as simple as that, really. When I, I mean, my passion is always about helping people communicate. You know, as you know, my mum is blind. So when I was a little boy, the person who told me to speak can't see. So even without realising it, when I was two, three, four, five years old, I was learning how to see communication and the world from somebody else's point of view. Uh, mum's very clever, but she just doesn't see. So I had to adjust how I spoke. So without realising it, I was learning to see things from other people's point of view. And when we go to work, we might think we see things from other people's point of view, but we just don't. You know, we've all been to meetings that were dire 
we've all seen a sales presentation where we thought, well, you know, that's just awful. Or another presentation where you just watch somebody read out loads of slides and you think, oh, God, just kill me now. I can't stand it. And so from the earliest days, I've just been passionately interested in how you can communicate better so the other person absolutely engages with it, buys into it. Uh, and as you know, from the books I've written, you know, I've got voted Britain Sales Trainer of the Year and I've worked in 40 countries. So I do it at a pretty high level. But ultimately, it's a little boy who's got a blind mum who just wants people to communicate better. And having that perspective from an early age, where else did that filter into? Well, pretty much everything, really. Um, so it's one of those that I remember, I don't know how old I will have been, Amy, maybe six or seven. I remember one of our uh, one of my mum and dad's friends was explaining something to mum and mum didn't get it. And I could tell she wasn't getting it. Um, but she didn't want to make this guy feel bad because he was trying to explain it. And this guy was beginning to feel bad because he knew it wasn't working. And as I was watching it as a child, I knew it wasn't working. This adult conversation wasn't working. And I remember thinking as a six, seven-year-old would, oh, if you just had said that, then you and my mum would have been happy. Um, and that is really a child's version of what I do as an adult now. Oh, if you just had said that, both you and the other person would have been happy because they're blind to it from your point of view. So let's use the example of a someone making a, a sale, they're doing a big sales presentation. It's so easy for people to say, you know, we were founded in 1922 and here's a map of all our offices and all this stuff. It's like, spoiler alert, nobody cares. <laughs> Literally nobody in the world cares how old you are but they just don't get it until it's pointed out to them. Once you point it out to them, it's totally obvious. And so I really love this. It's like the childlike thing. Oh, if you just had said that, both you and my mum would have been fine. Both you and them would have been fine. So it's finding ways to help people communicate in ways that everyone benefits. And you just described it, that they would have been happy, that they would have been happy had they communicated this way. So is your work essentially about happiness? It's about achieving stuff in a way that makes people happy. So it's not just let's walk around tree hugging, feel happy. So again, I'm using sales as an example. I'm not going to make a sales team happy unless they start winning more sales, but I'm also not going to make the customer happy unless they sell in a way the customer likes. So yes, happiness is part of it, but it's got to work as well. If I'm doing charisma coaching with a group of senior leaders, it's not just that everyone is happy. It's the fact that these leaders are charismatic. They feel more proud. They feel more certain. And everyone feels more inspired when they hear them speak. So happiness is absolutely part of it, but it's got to have tangible business benefit as well. Yeah, for sure. And you talk about inside work, outside work. Do you have clear boundaries between the two? Yeah, I'm pretty good at that, actually. I think I'm helped by the fact I'm so dreadful at multitasking. So if I'm at work, I just can't think of anything else. And if I'm with my family, I can't think of work. It just, you know, um, I remember being in a meeting recently. And as I said something, the person I was meeting with started making some notes. And so I stopped speaking. And uh, this person said, it's all right, you know, I can multitask. I, I'm able to write while you're speaking. And I said, yeah, but I'm so bad at multitasking. I can't speak while you're writing. It just doesn't even work. So, uh, so I actually find it quite straightforward. And I find there are two things that are really key with that. One, live in the moment, give yourself to everything. But also have no-go areas. So in our house, we're not allowed to talk about work in any form outside the hours of eight and six. Uh, I, I'm not allowed to do work upstairs, neither is my wife. If it happens that I was doing work and one of the kids came in the room, 
I have to stop work while they're in there. So I'm really good at having no-go areas. I don't let one bleed into the other because I find if you sort of let it bleed into the other, certainly with my life, I find I'm sort of trying to satisfy both bosses, but I'm failing at both. So I'm trying to satisfy both, but actually I satisfy neither. So I'm really clear. I'll shut the office door and I'm at work now. I open the office door and now it's dad time. Yeah, I love that. So, so there's a really clear defined boundaries that you've got here but you've also got a really good grip of personal development here so I'm just trying to work out was that something that you adopted at an early age seeing different perspectives and or have you worked hard on your personal development as well um both uh, I am passionately interested in how other people see things I mean maybe that's I've got a blind mum maybe I'm just like that who knows nature and nurture right um but also I have chosen to develop myself as much as I can. I've spent more time and more money on personal development than anybody else I've ever met. Um, and I can say it's because, you know, I want to better myself and it may be some of that, but I remember someone much wiser than me many years ago giving me the advice that he said, I'm inherently lazy, so I read lots of business books. And I was a bit like, well, that's not what lazy people do. And he goes, yes, it is. Because if I want to master something, I'll read a book that an expert has spent 20 years developing their expertise and then just copy what she says. Or I could spend 20 years myself and probably not do as good job. So the quickest, shortest, laziest route to success is see what experts do and, and learn from that. So I, I'd like to think it's all to do with self-development. It might be brute laziness, Amy, who knows? but I love listening to other people's points of view. And when someone says something that I don't think, in my experience, quite often people say, oh, no, no, let me tell you why I'm right. But I'm not like that. I'm more, oh, help me understand. Why did you say that? I've not thought about it like that. I just, I'm passionately interested in other people's points of view. I just am. So you, you said you're passionately interested in how people see things, and but it's not just from the visual perspective. It's, it's, it's all of the senses, isn't it? Yeah, of course. And so, I mean, but if you use the example of children, for instance, if I was to say to child four, the nine-year-old, um, oh, listen, son, it's school in the morning. Um, so why don't you go to bed now so you can have a good night's sleep so you're ready? What I'm doing there is I'm applying adult logic to a child. I mean, what's he going to do? Is he going to say, you're right, I do need a good night's sleep so I'm ready for school. I'll tell you what, Dad, why don't I stack up all my toys in a neat pile so I can find everything in the morning efficiently, said no child ever. So what I have to do is I have to, so he's not um, literally physically blind, but he's blind to the world from my point of view. So I have to adjust the way I say it. So, um, so for him, he's quite competitive. He likes his dad reading him stories. So if I want him to go to bed, I can't use the word bed. He doesn't want to go to bed. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I'll say something like, um, hey, son, you know your Harry Potter book? I've hidden it in your bedroom and I bet you can't find it. You've got 30 seconds. Works every time. Weirdly, it still works with child one who's 24, but maybe that's just something to do with her. Right? Well, we all we all love Harry Potter, for sure. Yeah, Harry Potter's <laughs> epic. It's a true story, I believe. Who knew? Oh, wow. Yeah, well, I'm still waiting for my letter from Hogwarts, that's for sure. <laughs> I, used to, I used to actually blow out the candles every year, and it's been my birthday this week. So every year when I blow out the candles, I still wish that I was magic, and that's been ever since I can remember. So, you know. One day it will happen. One day, yeah, just keep going. Um, what's that? Uh, they have all these personal development people like say, believe it and it will happen. Believe it and it will happen. Okay, well, good luck, Amy. I'm sure it'll happen soon. Yeah, along with that check that I've posted as well. Yeah, or is in the post. Yeah, yeah. I have a, a, a small, no, or a large thank you because my husband adopted one of your 
techniques a, a long time ago. And he asked me to say, when we're having this conversation, to say thank you. And that was to reduce meeting times. Mm-hmm. And I know you, you're talking about sort of the becoming inherently lazy, but actually we do become inherently lazy in the scheduling of meetings. And that's something mm-hmm. that you, you're passionate about because I get your Tuesday tips every, every week. And he just said thank you because it changed the way that he was working and with his teams by reducing those times to 20 minutes for it. And they were like, what, why are we doing 20 minutes? Because that's what Andy Bowne said, he said. <laughs> oh, well, he's very welcome. I'm, I'm glad it helped. I hate almost to the point of violence, <laughs> like the sort of meetings you get at the office. They're usually an hour long. Um, they're usually utterly pointless. At least half the people don't turn up on time. The other half don't need to be there anyway. They often don't have an agenda. If they do, the agenda is full of boring words like discuss. And so you discuss something for half an hour and then update. I mean, has anybody ever heard the word update and thought, oh, it's today. It's my update meeting. Like, just, it's just awful. So I'm really pleased that um, the technique works. And, and I guess for anyone listening to this, I'm sure they're thinking, so what was Andy's technique? Uh, there's two things, actually, uh, everyone. The first technique is shorten your meeting. There you go. You're welcome. So if they normally go in for an hour, just make them 45 minutes. There you go. Or half an hour or 20 minutes, whatever it might be. And the other thing is always focus on the outcome of the meeting. So outcomes of meetings are one of two words beginning with A, action or agreement. So the reason you get together with people is action because you want to come up with stuff you're going to do or agreement. You're looking to make some sort of decision. So I could either start a meeting like this. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the weekly update. We're going to be here for an hour, hopefully, and we'll see how we get on. Or you could say, morning, everyone. I'm glad we're together. The only reason we're here is because we need a swift decision on whether we're doing Project X or not. I reckon we can have this decided in 10 minutes, then we can crack on with the day. Now, they could be exactly the same meeting, Amy. One of them sounds dire and one of them sounds epic. And it's all to do with if you focus on the outcome of the meeting, not the content. So, yeah, so your husband's very welcome. Sorry, I'm never sure when I'm going passionate or a bit ranty. So I'm just going to dial it back a bit. I'm glad he found it helpful. Somewhere in between, but it's all good. The 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 whole thing about I mean, he actually extricated himself from the city because of the whole being so deliberate in those meetings. He then realised I don't want to be here anymore at all. So that was great. But in terms of the focus, focus on the outcome. Let's take it to the focus on why. That's what this podcast is about, and the purpose piece. Where does the purpose fit into your world? Okay, so it drives everything actually um and it also drives everything with my work with the customers so i love this purpose or the word why i have a very simple word means the same thing after it's like why are we better off after this um so when i work with i don't know say a law company and i say you know you think everyone's interested in you being lawyers they're not but after the lawyer they're not going to jail anymore i don't want the lawyer i just don't want jail time um and so when you asked the question before about do i see communication about being happiness and i was like part of but it's also this and this because the afters are that you cause good stuff that's that's the job so i see my purpose is to help my customers and my family and myself have an absolutely much better life and the vehicle I, I I have skills in is communication and sales but ultimately I'm a life improving time saving sales increasing thing now that does lack a bit of bounce so I might not put that on the business card but I see my absolute priority is to cause afters for other people to make their lives better so they achieve much more than they would have done much quicker than they would have done much happier than they would have done and if anyone at all cares my mechanism is communication and sales. 
Yeah, a lawyer could say exactly the same thing, but her mechanism is law. Yeah, but ultimately, the reason I'm here is to help my everyone I speak to to be more successful. And what was your communication like as a kid? I mean, clearly it was really poignant with your mum and that relationship was great, but what was it like in school? Sometimes, well, like any child, I think, uh, I found some bits quite cool and some bits not so easy. And the things that weren't so easy, I thought it was worse for me than anybody else alive, which I think we all experience when we're, when we're kids. And like, you don't know what it's like being me, you know, the normal lovely stuff uh, that you have. Um, I think I was always interested in a way that other people weren't. You know, I was always interested in other people's points of view. So whenever we were having, you know, kids have little arguments and stuff, I'd always be like the irritating playing devil's advocate. Well, I suppose they're saying this because so other children, I think, didn't think I was cool and insightful. I think they just thought I was odd. And like, you know, why aren't you just on our side, Andy? Um, so definitely it helps. It's more helpful as an adult, I found. Um, I remember one of my kids speaking to one of my friends who's also one of my customers, and he said, Richard, could you explain what my dad does? Because I know his communication, he's explained it, and I get it. But And, and my son was 12 at the time, I think. And my friend Richard said to him, well, the thing is, when you're 12, communication's relatively straightforward. It certainly was when I was 12. You say what you think, and people tend to say what you think. You don't tend to say too many words. You get to the point quite quickly. But as an adult, you often lose some of that. And as an adult, you have meetings with people you don't need to and talk about stuff you don't need to and send emails about things you don't need to. Then you update people on things they don't need to know about. And then you do a presentation, which is 40 slides long. I wonder why everybody gets bored. And this is what adults do. Basically, what your dad does is he helps people communicate like a 12-year-old does. Um, so as a 12-year-old, you probably think, what's the point of that? Because you're 12. Um, but actually, that's what it is. It's all about simplifying it. So people go, oh, yeah, I get it. That's relevant. That's all I need. Yeah. And playing devil's advocate and not just doing it just to sort of annoy friends or, or, or people, but it does give you that different perspective. And I don't know if it was you who introduced a beach ball to me. Um, it was, it might've been, but the person who introduced it to me was a guy called Paul McGee. Um, so Paul McGee's written the books about sumo, like shut up, move on. He's written about 10 books now, I think. He's brilliant. He's a dead nice guy. Um, and the beach ball is a wonderful analogy. So as we speak to each other now, imagine a beach ball floating between us. Well, the beach ball has six coloured segments on it. Um, you can see red, white and blue on your side. On my side, I see green, yellow and orange or whatever. It's the same ball, but it looks utterly different depending where you are. Uh, now, replace the word beach ball with the word email. So I send you an email, which from my point of view is thorough and robust and scientifically based and truly glorious in every way. But your side of the beach ball is, is just boring. And so what Paul's wonderful analogy about the beach ball is, is this. A beach ball looks different depending which side of it you're at. And so does communication. And so does life, actually. So putting yourself in the other person's shoes, going around and going, oh, yeah, I can see you think the ball is red, white and blue. It does help you become devil's advocate. It does help you see what other people are thinking and then adapt your communication accordingly. I don't mean in a manipulative, horrible way. I just mean in a lovely, empathetic, holding hands together way rather than adversarial, you know? Absolutely. I want to go back to your afters because it's really powerful in, in terms of the perspective of from a legacy perspective and a long a sort of not just a, a, a business driven piece, but the the life piece that you want to leave? What's the afters for you? Oh, great question. Um, 
from a work point of view, I love that word legacy or afters. I want every single person who's worked with me to think, oh, everything's easier now. You know, it's better now. I'm achieving more stuff. I'm happier the time. So from that point of view, so there's the the legacy piece from that. Um, and from my friends and my family point of view, it's exactly the same. You know, sometimes when um if I'm coming home and I've been out and maybe I'm a bit tired or whatever. And you know what it's like sometimes you think, oh God, I'm a bit tired here. And I could just do with like sitting down and having a cup of tea. Um, but I don't want to be like that. You know, I don't want to cause that legacy for my children. So I'll often think, well, if I was the best dad in the world, what would I do when I went in now? You know, so I'm always like up for it. I'm always irritatingly positive and irritatingly happy. If I was the best supplier that my customer had ever had, what would I be doing now? Uh, and it's a funny thing, Amy, I find that if you ask people if they go the extra mile, I mean, I bet every single person who comes on your podcast, if you say, do you think you go the extra mile? They would all say yes. Like everyone says yes, we all go the extra mile. And then I have to point out to people, if you all do it, then it's not extra. You know, it's not extra. Everyone thinks they go the extra mile. Well, most of us don't, or it wouldn't be extra. So I absolutely want to go the extra mile. And often a word that accompanies extra is the word surprise. Do something that people weren't expecting. Yeah, so if you um, work for someone and you do wonderful customer service and you think, well, I've gone the extra mile. No, you haven't. That's what they were paying for. But do something they weren't expecting. Give them a surprise. Well, then not only do you cause the legacy, the afters, the, the instant, the dramatic, the, the lasting impact that we all want to cause, but you give them this pleasurable, oh, I was not expecting that, and that is cool. So the two words I'm thinking all the time, legacy or afters, and the word surprise. You know, I always want people to think, no, I wasn't expecting that. And what, what has someone done for you that surprised you or gone the extra mile for you? Just, I'm really blessed. <laughs> uh, lots of things. So I'll talk about Paul McGee again, shall I? Um, Paul saw me many, many years ago. There's a thing called Professional Speakers Association. And I went to that. And Paul was very established there at the time. And when you're a new speaker, uh, you can go up for five minutes at the front and say what your topic is. Uh, so I went up and I just had a little five minutes. And Paul afterwards, he sort of took me under his wing a little bit. He said, that's really good that you're going to be a bit of a superstar and very nice. And and uh, I said, oh, that's very nice, Paul. Thank you very much. And I don't think so, but we'll see. Um, and Paul said, yeah, he said, at some point, I'll talk to you and introduce you to my publishers. And I said, well, that's very nice of you, but, you know, I'm pretty busy. We'll see how it is. And he said, yeah, but you want to write a book because that'd be quite cool, don't you think? I said, well, yeah, maybe, but I am quite busy. He said, but just have a guess, extrapolate what's likely to happen. You're just starting out in your speaker business now and you've had a big impact here. It's quite possible six, 12, 18, 24 months from now, you're going to be so busy compared to now. Why don't I introduce you to my publishers now? I went, okay, then, thank you. And then I met the publishers. We had a lovely chat. You've read my book and here we are. And so that's just a really nice example of Paul is someone who saw something. I wasn't seeing that at the time, but he saw something. And all of a sudden, I became a published author. And that was great for my confidence. And it's almost like nobody cares now, really, that I wrote a book in 2007. But if I hadn't written that book in 2007, who knows if we'd be speaking now? And so I'm eternally grateful for Paul for that just a little throwaway casual cup of coffee chat, which was actually life-changing for me. I love him. 
It is incredible. And I'm a big part of the Professional Speaking Association at the moment. I'm just mm. about to take over the president for the Southeast region. Oh, cool. And there you go. Small job. That, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, in my, in my spare time. But the reason why I'm so involved is because it for me, you get such a diverse group of people who are at the forefront of all these different areas of expertise in different mm. industries and and that's obviously in the podcast i'm looking for diversity i'm looking for people to share their pioneers of purposeful businesses that they are running and you definitely at the forefront for me of somebody who has inspired me to look for the better routes not just the shortcuts but just better and more efficient routes in communication for sure but also in in sales but but more than that it was it was the ability to see and you talk about the effects of of what Paul's done for you and what I can do for others and it is that ripple effect and I know you talk about the jelly effect and the snowball effect and I mm -hmm. talk about the ripple effect mm -hmm. and and that's what's so great is that you don't know where a conversation is going to take you. You don't know where it's going to take someone else. And you don't, we don't know where people listening to this conversation right now is going to, to go for, for them. You know, what's going to, what actions are they going to take as a result of listening to this? Yeah. I love that way of thinking. My, um, uh, child one is recently, like two or three years ago, started a career in London and she was asking for my advice, like, you know, for the first time ever, um, and, and I said, just listening to what you're saying there, just be nice, provide value, and that's it. And she was like, oh, nice one, Dad. So wise. I was hoping for something more useful than that. And I said, well, if you want to look from a, from a lovely afters causing point of view, that's what the best people do. They provide afters. They, they help other people. They enhance their condition. Um, but if you want to look at it purely selfishly, the world is an extremely small space. Um, and we've seen, haven't we, with this like dreadful pandemic, like the world's pretty small when somebody wants to fly around. And so I was saying to her, if you are horrible to someone um, or you're not in the mood or you maybe have a relationship with somebody you shouldn't. And you might think, well, it, it doesn't really matter. But it really does because you've no idea what that will lead to. The ripple effect, you can have a positive or a negative ripple effect, but I guarantee you'll have an effect. So be nice and provide value. You know, and if you want to go up the chain, provide ever increasing value to ever increasingly valuable people. Yeah. You know? But you've got to be nice and you've got to provide value because everyone then thinks, oh, she's nice and oh, she's useful. But if either of those are missing, you're not causing the ripple effect that you want to cause. So I'm pretty sure she thanks me every night for that advice, Amy, or has forgotten it. Who knows? But it's not a bad rule of thumb, I think, because you just don't know at all the impact of what you have, how it's going to help somebody a few years hence. Yeah, I have on my business card two things. One is life is all about the people we meet and the things that we create with one another. And what we do today will shape what we do tomorrow. Mm. Yeah, cool. And and it's just a, it's a conversation piece because I give someone a card and they see that and they go, oh, wow, okay. What is it we're going to do? What is it we're going to create? And and that was a long time ago. That was sort of four or five years ago that I put that on the card. And now I've got something else. I've got another way of connecting with people. And this podcast is the second podcast that I've created. And it's just a fabulous way of 
bringing together people from all around the world and having these conversations and every single one is so different. Yeah, I mean, your job is cool, I would imagine, because you meet all these experts. I mean, you mentioned before about Professional Speakers Association. I used to love it, you know, again, inherently lazy. So quickest way to expertise, let's see a load of brilliant speakers. You know, and when I speak at these big conferences, when you've got fancy green rooms and you've got fancy, amazing speakers, and it's just a gift. You think, I can't believe I'm actually being paid to be next to this, like, hero or heroine of mine. It's it's really exciting. Um, and this and going back to what you're just saying then, the the concept of afters, so I'm a bit of an afters nerd, I'm afraid. When we talk about things like speakers or coaches or like anybody listening to this, let's say you think you're a professional speaker. I always say, you're not really, you're an afters causer. So a professional speaker will professionally go and speak and then they'll finish at four o'clock and then they'll go home. If you see yourself as an afters causer, you will think my job here, yes, of course, I need to entertain and provide value. But when I go home, after I've done my work, that's where the value really starts. So when people get in contact with me and say, do I want to speak at a conference? You know, do your sales pitch. Why should I hire you? I always say, I mean, this doesn't sound very impressive. I realize I always if they say, why should I hire you? I go, I don't know. And you go, what do you mean you don't know? I say, because I don't understand what the purpose of your conference is. Can I ask a couple of questions? And then I can tell you if I can help you or not. And they say, all right, what are your questions? And I say, well, you say your conference is on a Tuesday. What do you want everyone doing on the Wednesday? And the Thursday and the Friday? And go, what do you mean? I say, well, you know, what are you looking to cause after the conference? Don't talk to me about the Tuesday. Tell me about the Wednesday. And then the second question usually is, and how long do you want that impact to last? And by now, Amy, they're going, uh, mm, pff, uh, forever? Okay, good. So what? how are you following up the conference? <laughs> and so it almost becomes a, I've moved away from the conference because the conference is just a mechanism. The thing that matters is what happens to the thousand people who are in the room afterwards. And you can hear as you, as you go through this, like, yes, I've got expertise in my place, like you have in yours and all these wonderful speakers have in theirs. But the thing that really matters is when we go home, what happens to the person who hired us? What happens to the organization that's hired us? Are they better on the Wednesday than they were on the Monday? Because if they weren't and they just enjoyed our hour, my bias is that that's not what they're paying for. They're not paying for the hour. They pay for what happens after the hour. So the hour is just the mechanism to cause this stuff. I'm such an afters nerd. Sorry, I'll shut up now. No, do you know, it's really interesting. So I'm thinking that... We're recording this now, but people are going to be listening to it and they're going to be thinking, oh, what is my afters? What is it? And they're probably not tuning out because you're talking, but tuning out because they're so focused on this perspective, mm. this perspective of actually this is such a great technique to apply to so many different things, not just business, but as you as you do all, everything, you know, what is it that I want my my son to do? I want him to go to sleep. But how is it I'm going to communicate that? And I'm a big language geek you know if you, you're talking about afters I, I studied language at university I did linguistics so I love how we can use language not to manipulate but to to influence to to be impactful and to well, absolutely it comes down to the communication and, and I studied how children learned language as their first language how people learn second languages how you teach that and then issues with speech therapy and, and how we form language and different cultures sociolinguistics yeah, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna stop there. Oh, but... We could have a right nerd session here, couldn't we? This I is when everybody I... else begins to turn off, and we get all juiced up with it. But my my point is that is that language is is just phenomenal, and there's so much potential, and a lot of people 
don't use it in in the way that they can influence or, or impact you know their audience so from the perspective of what you focus on and you're very much a a reduction a reduction of language to be efficient mm-hmm. but it's and, and also even in in your advice to your daughter you know just those five words be nice and provide value i mean absolutely but there is so much depth to that yeah someone said to me recently and i wasn't sure if they meant it as a compliment or an insult and they weren't sure either i think and they said the way you speak andy i'm never quite sure if you're a genius or a simpleton and i really like that because you know as you say just boiling something down to five words because it provokes debate you know and and it gets you thinking like what do you mean by that why are you chosen those two you could have said everything why what why are you going with that um, and you always want something which is easy and memorable. But I mean, that's why of all the things I've created over the years, I'm probably most pleased with the word afters, just because if you do our job, you want to cause the biggest impact you can as quick as possible, because that's what helps other people. And I like, I mean, afters is one word, but once you've explained it, it pivots people's thinking. So anyone listening to this, if you think, for example, you're a business coach, and you think, no, I'm not, I'm an afters causer. How, how would I talk about that? You think, well, maybe just ask a couple of your customers who you got on well with and say, I'm just having a bit of a rethink about my business. Could you help me understand, please, what do you think is the greatest benefit you've had after our work together? So don't talk about how good I am. Tell me about what happened to you after the work. I remember asking this to a pharmaceutical company a while ago, and I'd helped them with this. They had this drug, which they were calling the problem pill in the press and all that stuff. Helped some of their communication. And then afterwards, the drug went up to being worth billions of dollars. It was to do with everyone's hard work. I was just a tiny chink in the armor of all this but I was talking about this afterwards and I asked like what was the main afters of our work together expecting to say well I don't know the two billion dollars that we made but it was interesting because they said the main thing was you got us all excited you know there's a lot of battle-hardened scientist types here and they're lovely people but they're a bit oh let's get this done let's get this done they're a bit scientific in their approach which is great but you came in, and it was like a breath of fresh air. We had these really battle-hardened people in the corridor going, have you seen this? It's cool. you know." And everyone was so excited about it. And I thought, what a wonderful gift to give. What a wonderful thing to be part of. But if I hadn't asked that question, Amy, I just would have thought they liked the fact I'd given them lots of money. And, of course, they did like that, but they really liked the excitement. So to anyone listening, don't presume you know the afters you cause. As we say in Liverpool, where I'm from, find your bezzy mates. So get a couple of your best friends from your clients and just say, could you help me understand what is the best thing that you've had after working with me? What's the best benefit you've had? And you quickly find your afters that way. And it's interesting, isn't it, that, that they didn't go with a tangible, measurable result as you were expecting, but they went with how they were felt. Yeah, and you know, it is interesting. We had um, some little kids harvest festival the other day and they all had to stand on the stage and read out what they were grateful for. And absolutely every single person talks about things that made them feel good or time with their family or their dogs and their pets. Not one person said the iPad I got for Christmas. And I thought, well, that's interesting. I'm just going to give him love for Christmas. Let's see how he likes that. Well, I, I talk about it a lot about the different love languages, and and I I don't know if you know the work of Dr. Gary Chapman and the five love mm. languages that there are, in terms of the words of affirmation, the acts of service, receiving gifts, and uh, physical touch, and quality time. That and that and it makes sense because when I did that exercise with my family 
quality time came out with three out of the four of us. For me, it's words of affirmation. But mm. I, I do like quality time, but for the three of them. So I was like, wow, we can save ourselves a fortune here on receiving gifts because actually nobody really cares. <laughs> Everybody just wants to go and have a really good time together. So, yes, we ha we look at experiences now instead of, of just gifts. And, and, you know, it doesn't need to be an iPad for sure. <laughs> That's good. I'm just going to say that to the children. Since you like the love from me so much, I'll just give you that wrapped up for Christmas. I think it might change his tune if I do that. Fair enough. So we talked about the gift that you give and an afters is definitely the gift that you give. And we talked about the legacy that you're leaving and, and the afters is very much that. And if people had to sort of, describe you in 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 one word that's probably what it is mm -hmm. it's afters yeah yeah what is it that you are going to be doing next what is the the sort of the purpose evolution for you so the purpose evolution there are three things i want to get absolutely perfect if i can and you can never get perfection right so i have uh, three little words which i find an extremely useful mantra success not perfection so don't go for perfection, it takes ages, won't get there, you're always disappointed, but success anyone can achieve. If you're better tomorrow than you were yesterday, that's success. If you think you're currently two out of 10 and you get to three out of 10, it's really easy to think three is miles away from 10. Yeah, but it's way better than two, you know, so success, not perfection. So I aim for success, not perfection with three things, Amy. Number one, uh, uh, home life. Uh, I want to contribute that. I want to be present. I want to give lots of lovely afters to all my lovely family. Number two, work life. That's got to be really good. I want my customers to think, God, he just loves us to bits. He thinks about us all the time. He provides all this value. He does surprises we weren't expecting. He's epic. Um, and the third one is balance. And this is ultimately the most important word of all. I've got to get my balance right. Um, a little bit like the old apothecary scales. If I'm at work too much, I don't feel right. But again, with respect to the family, if I'm at the family too much, I'm not doing the right amount of work because I want to contribute to other people as well. So they're the three things. And if I could only magically put my magic hat on and achieve one thing, it would be get my balance perfect. So I never, ever think I wish I was doing something else because I've got my balance so perfect. That's what I'm always looking for. Now, at the minute, it's really good. So a few years ago, I thought um, I could do is stop working Fridays. That how do you manage that? Because obviously your business shrinks by a fifth. So I worked out different pricing structures and spoke to various customers and clients and self-development people. And then I stopped working Fridays and my business stayed the same size. So I thought, oh, who knew? Maybe I could stop working Thursday to Tuesday as well. And um, so what I was doing all the time is I try and get my balance right. Now, of course, because we work at home a lot more than we did, I get to do the school run all the time and I love all that. But then when they're not here, I just want to be focusing on work all the time. So my number one thing, balance. It's good at the minute. I'm 52. I, logically, I'm probably not going to do this forever, though I'd be happy to because I absolutely love it. But as long as I stay in balance, whatever balance means, I'm happy. I love that. Brilliant. If It feels like the balance has been achieved. And and like you, I also don't work on a Friday. So, and I, I love just having, working from home is fabulous. It's, it's changed right, the whole yeah. perspective. Right. Oh, it's brilliant. I love it. But then, you know, I have, I have been for the last five years now, so it's been great. Andy, people want to get in contact with you. I know they're listening to this and they say, right, you know, how do I get onto your Tuesday tips for, for certain? And how do I understand more about afters? 
Okay, so easiest way of all um, is uh, my surname bounds, like out of bounds. So Andy Bounds, just go on LinkedIn and just say hello. That's the easiest way. Um, and if somebody wants my tips, what they can do is they just go on LinkedIn and send me a little note and call it tips. They don't even have to say please. I can work out what they want and then we can just sign them up. I mean, that's nice and easy. Um, if people want to know a bit more about afters, then of course they can type in the word afters and so on. And I've got a few little articles like you'd expect. Sometimes people want to read up a lot more. You mentioned some of the books. So type my name in Amazon and you can find that out. Um, there's all sorts. I mean, if they want to chat, they can just send me a note and I'll gladly ring up anybody. I'm a bit of a passionate, positive. I just love talking about my stuff to anyone. So if anyone's got any questions after listening to this, I could give you loads of different ways to reach me, but just go on LinkedIn's easiest. Um, and then I can send you in the right direction. So if you're on the books, I can send you a link. If you want the videos, I can send you a link. If you just want to, some afters blurb, I can send you a link. So Andy Bounds, go to me through LinkedIn and I'll send you whatever you want. Amazing. Well, that's very generous of you. And, and thank you for bringing your, bringing your passion and your positivity to the podcast because it really has been fabulous hearing why you do what you do. So thank you so much, Andy. It's been really good fun. Oh, you're welcome. I've really enjoyed it, actually. It's talking about me for ages. So, <laughs> so thanks very much, Amy. Well, this is this is all about you. Absolutely. So how would you like to close out the episode, please, Andy? OK, so I guess it would be hypocritical if I didn't finish by using the word afters. And I guess that thank you very much for listening to this. But what I would really love would be that you do more than nothing. It doesn't sound a stretch target, that right? Do more than nothing as a result of what you've heard Amy and I talk about. So if you want to ask me any questions, just drop me a line. Maybe if you want to ask your customers about the afters you cause. So maybe just do more than nothing. Because if you do more than nothing, again, it's not a big ask. And all of a sudden, things are just a bit better for you. And then all of a sudden, me and Amy have not just had a bit of a chat, but we've helped you get a bit better too. So we wish you every success. It's great to have had you with us. And uh, thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening to Focus on Why with me, Amy Rowlandson. To show your appreciation and to help other listeners understand what value you have received from tuning in today, please leave me an Apple Podcasts five-star review. Remember, the conversation doesn't end here. To keep it going, connect with me on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook or Twitter or join the inspiring, uplifting and positive Focus on Why Facebook group. All the links are in the show notes. Have a purpose, have a plan, Focus on Why.